What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here, NJ.com. Latest episode of No Huddle Show. We're out here in London. It's nighttime, uh, but the Eagles are going into the bye week right now with the win. They just beat the Jaguars 24-18. to It was an, it was another intense game. It kind of came down to the end. They built a, a pretty big lead early on. They went up 17-6, to and it, it, it started to feel like maybe 17 is their unlucky number. You know, they, they went up 17-3 to against the Titans and lost. They went up 17-0 to against the Panthers and lost. But this time they were able to close it out. A lot of things they weren't doing well the last few weeks. They kind of turned it around a little bit. Uh, it started off a little sloppy, but they, they closed it out in the end. And now, I mean, there's a couple injuries they're dealing with, and we, we'll get into that. But, they, I mean, they have to feel better than they did a week ago, certainly. And now they have a week to heal up and go into the bye week. Yeah, I think it's a positive because you're at 4-4, four and four, you're at 500. That's where you want to be. Uh, the Eagles were able to deal with some early adversity because Carson Wentz turned the ball over twice in the first quarter and the defense was able to hold the Jaguars to just two field goals in the first half. And I think that is a really good sign for this defense moving forward. They didn't let the adversity of having short fields bother them. Uh, I thought the corners played really well in this game. I thought the running backs played very well. I mean, I, I think overall this was a good – I know you hate the term team win, but I think it was a team win. Like everybody yeah, – everything came together. Everything yeah. came together. It was a complete win, if you want to call it. Complete win, yeah. Yeah, so like it, it, <clears throat> I think the Eagles realized like their backs were against the wall, and they still are because the Redskins won. They're not out of the woods. Right, yeah. The Redskins won on Sunday. You know, yeah, we'll, the, the Redskins are what, 5-2? and two? Uh, yeah, they've yeah. only played seven games. That's so crazy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, and the only way any of these teams are probably making the playoffs is if they win the division. So, you know, the Eagles have played one more game than them. They're going to have a bye week. They'll get to sit back and watch the Redskins play. I really think that's what the division is, the two of them. We'll see what Amari Cooper can do for the Cowboys. But um, before we get into division talk in the future, let's talk about Carson Wentz. And I know the comment section. Believe, send us your comments. I mean, if you if you think we're wrong, go ahead and tell us. Uh, Carson was the reason why they were losing into the second quarter. That he was the only reason because the offense was moving very well, uh, the defense was playing very well, and Carson turned the ball over twice. Yeah. Uh, what I will say is we spoke about mobility uh, uh, last in our preview show and said, you know, he's got to find that confidence. And I think he did in this game after he turned the ball over. He looked like Carson Wentz from last year. He made some incredible throws. Um, but the throw to, to uh, Joshua Perkins with Jalen Ramsey right near him was a bit of a bonehead decision. It seemed like, or, or he, maybe he didn't see Ramsey because Perkins told me after the game that he didn't see him anywhere near him. So, which I think is weird because he was, he looked like he was tightly covered the entire time. I get, saw it from get, a mile get away. Your eyes checked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously the fumbles, I mean, that was, he's fumbled 30 times in he's fumbled every game this year. Right. And he's lost five of them, I believe. So I, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it There's is, a lot that goes into it, but yeah, that's, I mean... It's concerning, especially when you have injuries at the, on the offensive line. So that's what we'll move from from Carson Wentz in a second to the offensive line. But I think he really started to feel like his mobility return in this one. Like, he was very <clears throat> elusive in the pocket. He made some heads-up throws. Uh, at one point, before his interception, I said, Carson Wentz... Uh, scrambles like Carson Wentz, makes a throw like Carson Wentz where he was getting spun by a defender and, and completed it. I forgot who he completed it to, but it, I give him a B. 
in my ratings uh, just because or grades just because I think that first quarter was pretty damning. There, everybody in the press box and Wembley, you're out in the stands. Everybody, so everybody was talking, out in the press box, right? Everybody <laughs> out in the press box. You can be loud in that press box, and uh, it was just Carson didn't play very well in the first quarter, and that was kind of alarming. Normally in Jaguars games uh, with Blake Bortles, you can tell if they're going to win or lose the game within the first ten, twelve plays, yeah. and uh, it did kind of seem like the Eagles were going to lose this game. Well, it's. I made myself laugh, which I guess is the only the most important person to make laugh is yourself. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> that's I, accurate, uh, but whatever. But I uh, I tweeted like half seriously, like this feels like a Eagles loss. Yeah. Like at, at that because it just like that's how the Eagles losses tend to go. Like you can kind of feel it early on, and then like a couple plays later, I th- I believe they oh, that's when Devontae Maddox forced a turnover, <laughs> he forced a fumble, and then all of a sudden they scored, and and all of a sudden you're like okay they they turned it around. It's funny though, like that first series. It was like quintessential Carson Wentz in 2018. The first yeah. play was deflected to himself, got a catch. He was Chelsea, um, I think the next player, the play after that, is when, when he was avo- he was getting tackled and he found Jordan Matthews, I believe, down the field. Uh, and then was, the first drive was one where he fumbled it away. Yeah, the first drive he fumbled it away. Same play Lane Johnson got injured on, which we'll get into in a second. And then the next possession, interception. And then, and then he just flipped it. He flipped the switch. I mean, it's kind of been the opposite of how it went last week. You know, we started off amazing and ended poorly. It was almost like there's a little carryover from that last series. Uh, maybe he was overthinking a little bit. The crowd, maybe they were taken aback by how loud and big it was because it was a sellout. They had the best crowd they've ever had, is what multiple people have said. But, yeah, you, I mean, Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz. He, he, he wound up having the pretty similar performance as he's had throughout the season. His numbers are kind of ridiculous if you look at them. I think he's at around like 17 touchdowns and two interceptions. Like that or maybe even more touchdowns. I thought he was at 13 and 1 or 13 and 2. Go double check. You got the you got the computer. I do have a computer, right? Um, um but I mean he his numbers are kind of insane. Yeah, you're okay, you're right. It's 13 to 2. So, I mean that's still pretty ridiculous. Uh yeah, if you fin- if you tell if you told me that he was going to finish at like twenty six and four after missing the first two games, I would say, wow, it's a really good year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's let's move on to the Lane Johnson thing, which I mentioned. Uh, it's the yeah, most significant ahead. negative thing to come out of this game. Sure. Um, he he had been dealing with an ankle injury recently. I, I'm not, it seemed like it was getting better, but I mean, it was a serious enough that I doubt it was completely healed. Mm-hmm. Then after the first series, he had to be carted off. It took a little bit. He went over the trainer's table, but he hurt his knee. We found out later on, and then reports started to emerge that he sprained his MCL with a slight tear. And it seems like the general recovery is like three to four weeks. Uh, I mean, that that's pretty significant. They already are having – they have depth issues on the – they have depth issues around the roster. But on the offensive line, you know, there was a point where Jason Peters is out because he hurt, he was getting tested for concussion. So at that point, you had uh, Halapuli Vati Vaitai in at left tackle. Right, and then and they moved Isaac Small at a right tackle, and they mo- uh, put Stephen Wisniewski in at left guard, which meant their only backup offensive lineman at that point was Chance Warmack. Like we, you and I were like talking about like what what's their emergency scenario? Like what happens if another tackle gets hurt? Do they put like Wiz over, and then that means Chance Warmack playing? So okay, who's their who's the next guy? Like are they mm-hmm. just are they putting a tight end at offensive line? Like the, the way injuries have happened on this team, like. It wouldn't have shocked me if they had I two think more you guys would, get hurt. Like I think you would move Brandon Brooks to right tackle. 
Right tackle, yeah. Um, and, and then you'd probably be going heavier, like with an extra tight end, pretty right. frequently or something. But it didn't get to that, luckily. But you're you're going to be in that scenario now going forward, where Vitae is your swing tackle, and you, he, his value is as a swing tackle, not as a starter, which is kind of cool. weird to say. But he, so he, so now he's still going to be starting at right tackle if the reports are true, and he's out as long as we we they say he's going to be. And then all of a sudden, that means you're going to have to have Jordan Mailata or Matt Pryor on the active roster, and that, that means they're a play away from playing, and that they're not quite ready for that yet. So it, this isn't like you can't. There's not many good offensive linemen on the trade market because everybody wants good offensive linemen. When either right. a good or bad team, you want to keep those guys. And it's not like there's any free agents available unless like freaking Jonathan Ogden has still got something left and he wants to play. Yeah. Like uh, so, there's not really much you can do in terms of personnel. But I mean, uh, how concerned are you about this? Because I that. I think it's pretty big. They historically they they win when Lane Johnson plays and they lose when he doesn't. Right. Yeah. I mean, I thought Isaac Samalu played pretty He's been well. Pretty good the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and then they moved him out to right tackle. I thought he played really well. I would, I would not take Big V off the bench because you never know when Jason Peters is going to get injured. So, so you would like put Samalu to right tackle? Yeah, I'd rather race. I'd rather Wisniewski be my my fifth starter as opposed to Big V. So, um. Yeah, it's concerning. I mean, I think Lane's their best offensive lineman, maybe outside of Kelsey. <clears throat> I think Braden Brooks and Kelsey are now the meat of your your offensive line. But yeah, it is concerning. I think because Carson's taking Carson's not just taking hits; he's taking bad hits. He does this thing where he constantly lowers his head and is getting like need in the helmet or. Jesus. He needs to like stop. I yelled out in like the middle, of, just as a reactionary. I was he like, "I heard you because we were outside." So. Yeah, I go. He needs to stop doing that, man. Yeah. He lowers his head, and it's gonna. I mean, you can hurt your neck. You can hurt your head. Concussions, and, man. Um, and if they lose him, good luck, Nick Foles, in that pocket. But again, I think if you give Sam Alu time to prepare, like they've said that a couple of times, and he can do it. I think Vitae's the same way. So I, I mean. Look, the offensive line hasn't played well this season, period. Like, Lane Johnson has not played that well. So, I don't know if it's a massive... I mean, it's a, it's a massive loss, but I don't know if it's going to have a massive impact, It depending on how long he's out. And I think Jason Peters, man, he had an okay get a day, I mean, when he was when he was in there. Another um, game where in a different... In, I mean, you can't, it's a concussion like that happens in football, but it's just yeah. like it keeps piling on. Yeah... Father Time's trying to tell him, like, hey, this is your last season, bruh. But, um, yeah, you know, I thought the offensive line played very well given the circumstances. Um, I'm actually... I started off a little weak, but then it, they got better as the game Right. Long, sure. it, you know, it's weird. Like, I, I was never a Sam Alu fan. I didn't understand the draft. Like, I understood the draft pick, but, like, I was not a fan. I didn't think he should be starting at guard last year. But he's slowly but surely made, turned me into a, a, a guy who's willing to praise him because I think he's played really well over the last two or three games. Yeah, it, it's funny. We were talking earlier with, uh, I think, Ruben Frank uh, about how there's just some guys that the fans just, like, are mad about no matter what. And he's kind of one of those guys. And it's funny, you don't hear the fans talking about him lately because he's been playing well. But if he gives up another bad sack, then all of a sudden everybody's going to be like, oh, why is he playing? Bench him. But he, he's just kind of one of those polarizing players. I don't know. Maybe it's because he was so bad last year that he's kind of stuck on everybody's mind. But I don't know. He's, he's been pretty good. Uh, and I think he's become, he's good enough that you can bring him back next year and be confident that maybe he starts another year on the offensive line. I, I think that's the plan, right? Because and that's why they, I mean, otherwise, why would they be keeping him right. as long as they have? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, look, I th- think speaking of the offensive line blocking, I think the tight ends played very well as blockers today. 
Um, as receivers, too, I mean, I... Perkins had a nice block in there at one point. Yeah, he had a couple of good moments in that entire game, but, um, look, I think the tight end group is, is one of the best two-way groups in the, if not the best trio in the league. I mean, I'm not saying Josh Perkins is, like, an all-world guy, but he's playing relatively role given his role, given his role, um... I mean the Goddard the the Ert, I mean the the Wentz the Goddard throw was something else and then uh, Wentz threw a perfect ball to to Zach Ertz in the end zone too yeah so it was a, it was a weirdly quiet day at the office for Ertz yeah four, four catches twenty six yards a touchdown but he got a touchdown it, so it it's felt like he had way more catches than that but I maybe he, I got he also just has a presence too yeah um, Alshon had a pretty okay day but it, but like we had said coming up into this game Ramsey was gonna not it was gonna make it so that he wasn't like a focal point I think and you and you and you, you talked about Jordan Matthews and you talked about Aguilar Aguilar was the one early. He, uh, they, they were kind of trying to get him the ball any way they could. He was going slot. He was going deep. He was coming out. He had a carry for 14 yards. But then Matthews kind of – he was the, probably their best receiver. Yeah, what they did was they put Ju- uh, Quentin Meeks, for the most part, the on, did, yeah. on uh, Zach Ertz. And then they had uh, guys rotate around that other corner spot. Sometimes they had Gibson, the, cor- the safety. Sometimes they had – uh, a linebacker, like they moved guys around, and and the Eagles were able to find mismatches because they ran so much pre-snap motion that it kind of threw the defense off. Uh, another guy that I mentioned that I thought was going to have a really good game is Josh Adams, and he did end up having a pretty good game. Man, yeah, uh, nine carries for sixty-one yards, and he had a one catch for six yards. He's a guy I'd like to see more of. You wrote a, a great story on him tonight. Yeah, he. You know what? You and I were talking about this, and this is mentioned in my story. He, I was just thinking, like, even, not, not even necessarily in terms of his running style, though I do think he's similar. I, I just kept thinking, like, he could be their next LeGarrette Blunt, whether that's right now or, like, down the line. He just he gets yards in chunks. He gets them when they need him the most. He runs powerfully. And I don't know. He seems pretty re- reliable. I mean, I, I pulled a stat. I think he has five carries of uh, nine or ten yards or more this season which is only one less than Wendell Smallwood and the same amount as Corey Clement, and he has half the carries of those guys. And that, that just tells you that he, he gets big plays. He doesn't really lo- lose yards usually. I think he's only lost yards once or twice this season. Um, I think you come out of that thinking like, okay, maybe we don't need – they do this every other week it feels like, but maybe they don't need to trade for a running back. Like I don't, I don't, he, We were talking about how they need guys with different skill sets to complement each other, and it almost feels like Corey Clement's kind of fallen by the wayside. He's run pretty poorly the last two weeks, 12 carries for 12 yards. Mm-hmm. But Smallwood seems like he's developed into a pretty good pass catcher. Um, and Josh Adams is maybe your short yards, chunk yardage guy, uh, can get a big play when you need him to. And then you have Clement there who can do a little bit of everything. I mean, I, I know it's just one game, but, I mean, he, he was showing these flashes in the training camp. Uh, and that game against the Colts, I believe, where he had like six carries for 30 yards. He had like a 15-yard rush that day. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty encouraged by him, honestly. He, and he looks the part, too. Like, he's a big dude. He's like 6'3 and 214. I think the concern is more of his ability to pass block. Yeah, yeah, that's, probably. That's, that's going to be a hang up with him, and that's probably why he hasn't gotten on the field, honestly. Well, I mean, Wendell Smallwood's had some issues there too. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like this three man rotation. Would I settle for it? Probably not. But I mean, I think if Josh Adams can emerge, we've seen running backs a position where you can get an undrafted guy and he balls right away. And I think that's you know, I think they have other bigger needs. For sure, wider. I still think they need an out. I mean, look, Jordan Matthews had a great game today. 
a great game. It was a great game. I would, he had, still, I would still get a receiver. I would still get a receiver. I mean, you know, they need corner help for sure. We'll get especially them. yeah, especially <clears throat> Jalen Mills left uh, foot injury. Claimed to be okay, but that doesn't always mean anything. Yeah, uh, I mean, he seemed to be in a good mood too. So, but who knows? Yeah, JJ talked like a whole interview and demanded the ball, and then he just had a yeah. ACL. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's that, weirder, that could be mafia related situation. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, what's it called, uh, Tanya Harding? Yeah. Somebody taking out his knee? <laughs> yeah. So, um... We're not conspiracy theorists. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about the wide receivers. We talked about the tight ends. We yeah, talked, about we talked about the pretty offense. much the whole offense. I mean, so I mean, how would you... I think... Overall, I thought... The whole offense, because they did better. They started off the red zone. Those first two drives were in the red zone, and they didn't score. I thought Doug Peterson called a pretty good game. He had a, he, one of his best games of the season, maybe since the Falcons game. They honestly. saw some men on tape that pre... Because I, what I said before the game is if you attack them across the middle and you uh, force mismatches um, against their lesser coverage unit, you can be successful. Also, running the ball helps. Um, <clears throat> and I had several opponents question that now that said uh they did all those things and i think doug saw something on film that said wow the pre-stamp read really tricks them kind of like with jalen mills and and ronald darby how they bite on on double moves you you know there's stuff on tape where you can see guys instincts you can see guys tendencies and i think you know they did a lot of misdirection on offense and defense, but we'll get into the defensive part later. I, I just think a lot of the pre-snap reads with Nelson Aguilar really set them up for success, especially in the in the uh, running game. Um, I, I I just feel like overall this was a really strong game for Doug. Um, it was an okay game for Jim Schwartz as we get onto the defense. I think uh, you know he had two down and distance coverage issues where he gave up yardage that led to field goals uh, because they were able to pick up just enough to get in range. Josh Lambeau kicked a 57-yard field goal career high. He's also 100% on the season. That's crazy. Well, And, and uh, you talked about how they were getting that in the field. Like, it seems like in the offense and defense are almost never in sync on this mm-hmm. team. Like, towards sure. the end, it, they were. But the Eagles had like a 90-yard scoring drive, and then the Jaguars came back and had a 75-yard scoring drive, and then the Eagles had a 70-yard scoring drive, and then the Jaguars went 69 yards up the field and kicked that field goal. So yeah. I, that that's kind of been the issue all season. That's kind of where I was like, uh, I still think they might lose this game. Like they might mm-hmm. they might screw this up. Uh, I mean, the, wasn't that when when that when the Eagles score, the defense needs to be able to get the offense off the field. I know they're not right. in a great position, but like, well, you know. Uh, the the Eagles are now minus five in turnover differential. At one point, they were minus six because Avante uh, Maddox hadn't forced the fumble yet. Just as much as it's the offense turning the ball over, you really do need to create turnovers in this league. Quarterbacks are too good now that you can't just let them, you know, have the ball in their hands for drive after drive. You have to take it away. And I think um, the Eagles... <clears throat> got the one turnover that they needed. They still lost the turnover battle, but they're they're clearly the better team, so they made up for it. Um, defensive line-wise, I thought this was Chris Long's best game uh, that he's played in a very long Finally time. Finally got through for a sack, first time since week one. Yeah, uh, I thought Jordan Hicks was really good till he gave up the wheel route to TJ Yeldon. Um, I thought Nigel Bradham played pretty well. Let's focus on the D-line, though. Yeah, Bennett... 
He didn't have as dominant of a game as he's had recently in the first quarter. Yeah, he got a half sack. Yeah, yeah, Good yeah. for him. Muzzle tough. The D-line was uh, pretty good overall. Uh, they weren't, like, finishing yeah, a lot of Yeah, I mean, the, the Jaguars ran for 70 yards, and most of those yard, yards were, were by Blake, Blake Bortles. Bortles so probably more on, like, the linebackers and <clears throat> those guys, right? Well, I, I think it's the front. I would say the front seven. And stuff, yeah. Fletcher Cox made, like, two ridiculous run stops I, in this I, game. I will say Brandon Graham looks like... He's just not the same player. Like at least athletically, he, right. he just like can't catch guys, and he can get past offensive linemen. But there was like early on, there's a play where Blake Bortles ran, and he was just like dragging behind him. It's not like Bortles is like crazy fast. Yeah, I mean he's an interesting. He's in an interesting spot in his career where I think he'd probably be best served as a hard rotational player as opposed to the starter like pass and rusher or something. Yeah. Right. Well. Yeah. I mean, I think or he's whatever. A, yeah. Right. So. But yeah, defensive line overall, I thought played pretty well. Um, Did Josh Sweat really play today? Yeah, he was actually in on a fourth down play. Um, I don't think he really contributed that much. I feel like but he, he didn't play he, as many snaps as we thought he was going. Yeah, to. I mean, I think you've got to you've got to wait and see with him because he's a guy. And that who's, night you get the bye week to get him acclimated a little more and right. In the rotation. And you know, Chris Long and Mike Bennett played pretty well throughout yeah. the the game. So. Um, most teams only rotate three DNs, so it's. I sure. mean, Schwartz is kind of a, a unique cat where he has platoons. I mean, the Jaguars do that too, but uh, linebackers. Jordan Hicks was having the best game probably in a couple of years, and then he allowed that wheel route. I mean, look, it's one play, but man, did Yeldon beat him bad? Um, Bradham's been a guy who's just kind of there. He's just done his job, which doesn't is probably thing bad. Doesn't do anything great. He just does right. He just does the shit, which is fine. Potatoes. Um, you know, at one point, Camus, uh, Grugier Hill, uh, suffered a thumb injury. Luckily, he had like a big old club on his hand. Yeah, yeah. Luckily he came back because they were down to really like Leroy Reynolds and DJ Alexander, both of whom I, <laughs> I would not probably want out on defense. Um, this was not the Mike K, uh, bowl. This was the Leroy Reynolds revenge game <laughs> and he got the win, but, uh, yeah, a, a corner, like I said, I thought they played relatively well. There were a couple of mishaps. Uh, the I mean, Dexter uh, McDougal. Yeah, he had a bad play. Yeah, it was a 24-yard gain by uh, Moncrief. Most of the big gains were by tight ends or by running backs. It wasn't yeah, by wide receivers. Um, Jalen Mills was pretty good today. Yeah, I thought Jalen Mills played well. I thought Ronald Darby was having one of his better games. That hit that he put on DJ Chark oof, in the fourth quarter, that was tone-setting. I mean, Jalen Mills before he went down, I should say. And then Razul, what you get? What'd you make of his day? He had a really bad whiff on a run. Um, he made a good stop late in the game. So he, he de- it seemed like he got more comfortable as the game went along. Yeah, he tra- strikes me as a guy who has to find his like rhythm. But he, you know... He, he had a really important pass breakup on third and one. <clears throat> they target him pretty regularly. Right away, you could see them. Yeah. Him. Blake like, wasn't even thinking about what was where the ball was going. He threw it in that direction. Right. That first play, I actually asked him about that. I go, if he throws that ball in any other place, that's an interception, right? And he's like, yeah, it, it's a pick. Like, that like he had to overthrow him. And I go, well, all right. Well, because he did run stride for stride with the receiver. Um, look. I think Rasul Douglas is a very talented player. I've said that several times on this podcast. I just don't know if you're ever going to overcome the Jalen Mills teacher's pet factor. And I think Jalen Mills is a lot better than most people give him credit for. But, you know, at some point you're going to have to say, hey, do we want Sidney Jones on the outside in the next couple of years? Sidney Jones is ever healthy. Yeah, do we want Rasul Douglas? Because Rasul Douglas has ideal starter boundary corner written all over him. 
It's just a matter of whether you think he can do it. Malcolm Jenkins had him speak to the team, the defensive backs, uh, on Saturday. That was interesting, yeah. Yeah, um, they have a lot of respect for, for Rasul, and I think Rasul is a guy who's a very team-first dude. You saw Sidney Jones say, hey, great team win on Twitter, and then Rasul quote tweeted him and said, hey, man, get back soon. You know, he was joking around with Shandon Sullivan in the locker room about how he got two snaps and how it was a big deal. He's a good dude, like, a good dude for the locker room. He's not complaining. He's kind of accepted his role. I'm not sure what that tweet was about the other day where he was yeah, like, was, you can't, you can't replace him. in retrospect now. Yeah, I think, you know, I think he's a guy, he's a young kid who's, who's been through a lot. And, you know, he hasn't been in practice a lot lately. Yeah. I asked him about that, and he said, you know, it's, we all go through things, and, I think Rasul's handled this relatively well, because um, to me it's ludicrous this guy doesn't play. Because every time he's in here, there he makes a play. Yeah, sure. Sometimes he'll whip on a tackle like he did, or sometimes he'll. But they're not like break. giving him the opportunity to grow from his mistakes. Was, right. Was the biggest problem I had with it. Like clearly he he ruined he like got better as the night went along, which just makes me even think even more like give him a few snaps every week. Like I just it, think like you're 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 running a fool's errand if you have Dexter McDougal out there being your starting nickel. Just move Jalen Mills inside. Like just, or Darby even. Darby had a really good game today. Um like, you don't even blame McDougal whenever he makes a mistake cuz it's like he sh- he has no business being out there anyway. Right. He's somebody's nephew probably. Um <laughs> Chance Warmack and him are uh, <laughs> in Oh yeah. Yeah, they'll get an award during the mid-season point probably. But why are you here? No, I'm just kidding. Um Moving on to safety, so Avante. this this was the best safety game up until Malcolm had the, a bad whiff on uh, I think a touch the D.D. Westbrook touchdown. Yeah, that's an impossible match. D.D. Westbrook's got yeah, such yeah, fast but, feet. I mean, like, he, he just he just whiffed like this is real. Right, sure. Um, you know, Malcolm made a couple of really big run stops. He, I mean, he's just good. He, like he's probably the most consistent player on this entire team, uh, outside of maybe Zach Ertz because you know the pace he's on, but. They've got somebody in Avante Maddox. Man, this kid's a player. Like he keeps getting better. Yeah, uh, they that had a play, that play he made was so good. The forced fumble. Yeah. Well, also keep in mind, Keelan Cole's like has yeah, really struggles with I drops, get it, but he still made like for a rookie. Oh yeah, I'm not. Play, I'm like, not. I'm not hitting on him at all. And I said to myself, I go, they got to create a turnover here. This game's done. They and created turnovers like all season. Like that was that was a huge. You could feel it. That's where. Yeah, the moment. That was right after I said. Uh, it feels like a loss. Then I quote tweeted, and I was like, eh, it feels like a win. <laughs> but prior to doing that, he made a great play on third and one where they ran Carlos Hyde, who probably outweighs him by roughly 30 pounds. And he just stopped him in the in the backfield for, for no gain. I was really impressed by that. He is really developing very well. His instincts are fantastic. Um, they started to get a little tricky with him where they would disguise coverages where he would play single high. And then when they would blitz, he would branch out last second and cover a wide receiver that's what he allows you to do and i think that's what rodney mcleod allowed you to do have a kind of cornerbacks like skills to cover but also be able to to hit and he told me after the game excuse me that uh he really likes to hit he really likes to tackle this is a guy that came in as an undersized nickel corner and has really become a good very like he he's rewarding them like this draft class, you know, on paper is interesting, but like not, they might not need a draft of safety now. Like if if they just decide he's a, yeah. a safety, like <laughs> I mean, you know, who knows? But 
tired, huh? Yeah, of, sorry, man. Uh, sorry lag, for man. that. It, it's real. Yeah, this jet lag has been hard to get over. Sorry to yawn in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> I'm sure you guys are really That's having a grand old stuff, time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, this guy's a player. Uh, I think Josh Adams is a player, too. I think Josh yeah, White. If you count Josh Adams as part of the 2017 class, you have three guys that have already shown that they're good enough to be in the league. Yeah. You have a guy in Josh White who we both agree has the potential to be really something. And Jordan Mylotta is the biggest wild card in this draft. So Yeah, I mean, I think if you can teach him, he's got all the physical tools. Yeah. And so if, if you hit on one of him and Pryor, like, then if you have, then that means you're almost a 90% success rate. Like Right. So, I, I, yeah, I mean, again, I think this is – I, I've said this before on the podcast. I don't believe you suffer from a bad draft class until the second year. I feel the same way about successful drafts. Like you don't really get to experience the success until the next year. They really like Avante Maddox. Like and and honestly, I like Avante Maddox. I talked to him in the locker room. That dude's got the right attitude. He's a tough as nails little dude. I and mean, he was having a great time with the kids the other day. He was like running around with them. Maddox loves the kids. Um, <laughs> special teams. Not that much to talk about there. Yeah, there was a a, a, a PAT that looked like a miss, but it yeah, wasn't no, a miss. Yeah, I was like, he missed it. <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, no, the, check out the score, bro. Um, sometimes you can't tell with, like, the way it, like... Oh, my God, angles. the sun in that yeah, the, especially the effing stadium. I Like, the first quarter, not that I want to complain on this <laughs> podcast, <laughs> but I'm I, could, I couldn't see anything. Um... I don't know. It looks like Cameron Johnson averaged 51 yards a punt. None, yeah, 51.7. Not inside the 20, but, I mean, he, he was good enough. He and was. He, you know, he's a guy that that you like because he can kick distance. I just don't know if he's very good at like targeting a spot and really just putting it down. Yeah, I, I can't really remember many where he, where you're like, oh man, that's a great punt. Yeah. You know, but he'll boom him. Uh, return wise, Corey Clement had one kick return for 17 yards. Yeah, and I don't know what he saw in there because it looked yeah. like he had tons of space, and then he just kind of ran into yeah, the. Yeah, no, there's a lot of space like to the right or whatever it was, and then they had one punt return for no yards, but. I mean, I, I think they're okay with DeAndre Carter at return. If if and if Darren Sproles comes back, then you have a couple guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, special teams. I mean, not not much to be worried about there. So seventh inactive game for Darren Sproles. We have to talk about this. I mean, he wasn't even in in London. He was back home. Right. I just don't. I don't get it. <laughs> if he doesn't play <clears throat> week ten in Dallas. Put him on IR. Like, stop playing around. I mean, they should have put him on IR by week five and just said, hey, let's run with... It's just... I don't know. It's silly to me. Hanging on to something that just doesn't exist anymore. I mean, I get it. You want the feel-good stuff. I'm all for it. But, like, look... You gotta win. Well, and the thing is, though, now if you put him on IR, then it's like you're ending a season, pretty much. I mean, he'd have to be out for... I mean, eight weeks, he would be back in week 16, in theory, anyway, so... No, you you have to miss eight games. Oh, eight games. And there's only eight games left. So he wouldn't even play anyway, yeah. Right, so now you've I mean, kind of I mean, put yourself put in a position... IR, he's not going to play, that's the point. Right, I mean, well, you've put him in this position. Corey Graham's hamstring injury is... Lingering. ...is lingering, too. I mean, Sidney Jones is probably going to miss a couple more games, if I had to guess. You know, it, I mean, look, everybody's banged up. The Jaguars were banged up. I mean, they the Jaguars lost several players in this game, too. Yeah, I mean, it felt like every 10 minutes we were getting updates about somebody. Right. Um, and I think, you know, just tying this into a bow, this isn't last year's Eagles team. Don't expect last year's Eagles team. But that said, they should prove that they were resilient today, and I think that that's worth taking into account. At 4-4, four and four, their season's not over. 
you know, I think the playoff outlook is very, very, very real. I don't think the Redskins are as good. I mean, they, they've got <clears throat> Adrian Peterson and Alex Smith, two guys who historically over the last couple of years have kind of fallen off a cliff later in the season. And I think, you know, wide receiver is an extremely important position, but it's not going to – I mean, Amari Cooper's not Terrell Owens. You know what I mean? So – I think you have to feel pretty okay if you're the Eagles. I mean, this was not a convincing win, but it was a solid win. It'd be nice to see a convincing win against like a halfway decent team because the Giants aren't very good. But right for even just for our your and my sanity, where we don't know if we're gonna have to delete everything we just wrote and redo it at the <laughs> <Yeah>. last second because <laughs> that they've had a lot of those games recently. Hashtag writer life, especially to, yeah, yeah, deadline life. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, I think that's a good point to wrap up on. Uh, Trade deadlines on Tuesday. We're hopefully we'll be able to get a podcast at some point, either Tuesday or Wednesday or later in the week. Uh, some logistical problems we're dealing with from us being in different locations, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna try our best to get you one. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, leave some comments on YouTube. Uh, set, write a write a review. We'll we'll start reading those out more, and uh, hopefully the Eagles have a nice and exciting trade deadline. That we can react to. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Have a great year.